The content provided by this podcast, Health, Wellness, and Community, is for informational purposes only and does not constitute medical or legal advice. The host and guest, including Dr. Moore, who is a certified nurse practitioner, provides insights based on their experiences and expertise in healthcare and community matters. However, the information shared in this podcast should not be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnoses, or treatment and is not tailored to individual circumstances. Always consult with a qualified healthcare provider for personalized recommendations regarding your health. Additionally, the legal aspects discussed are not intended as a replacement for legal advice from qualified professionals. Any actions you take based on the information provided from this podcast are at your own risk. To read the full disclosure, please see the link below. Thank you for joining us on Health, Wellness, and Community. Now, let's get to today's episode. Is anybody still talking about COVID-19? And should they be? We're about to dive into that very conversation coming up next. Let's go. As all of you know, the COVID conversation continues to be a hot-button topic in today's world. Should folks still get the vaccination or receive a booster? You know, I want to address this topic right now and take this opportunity to where I can dive deep into the topic that affects all of us, the emergence of the new COVID-19 variants and what it means for our world. I'm Dr. Quentin Moore, Certified Family Nurse Practitioner, and let's get down to business. Before we jump into the details, let's set the stage. We're living in a time where COVID-19 has reshaped our lives in profound ways. While we've seen glimmers of hope with vaccines and decreasing numbers of cases, it's crucial to recognize that the battle against the virus is far from over. As of today, COVID-19 infections and hospitalizations are still very much a part of our reality. We're seeing a steady rise in the new variants of this virus. And this brings us to the core of our discussion, which is understanding these new variants and their implications for our health and daily lives. When it comes to understanding the new variants, let's start our journey out by getting to know them. In fact, with the new variants, there are three in particular that have been on our radar, and those are EG.5, FL.1.5.1, and BA.2.86, affectionately known as Pyrola. These aren't just random names. They represent the different strains of this virus. And among them, EG.5 has been making the headlines. It's been grabbing headlines like crazy, and we'll explore why. But what's important is to remember that these variants are like different chapters in the story of COVID-19. Each one comes with its own unique characteristics, and understanding them is key to staying ahead of the curve when it comes to COVID-19. Now, since I mentioned it, Let's go ahead and talk about EG.5. 
EG.5 has been making waves, and here's why. EG5 is estimated to be the dominant strain in the United States. And as of August the 18th, the CDC reported that EG.5 accounted for approximately 20.6 of new infections in the country. But the EG.5 isn't a standalone player in this story. It's part of the family tree that includes its predecessor, the XBB recumbent strain, which was dominant during the winter months. Now, getting to the nitty gritty of these variants and what makes them different from their earlier versions of the virus is it's the mutations, you know, point blank. When we talk about viruses, the only way that viruses can continue to survive is through mutation. And these variants have undergone changes in their genetic makeup, and that can impact the virus's behavior. For example, when we look at EG.5 and FL.1.5.1, they share a notable mutation, which is known as F456L. Now, this mutation, it appears to give them an advantage in spreading compared to their virus siblings. And it's like the virus has learned a new trick to help itself survive and thrive. Understanding these changes is crucial as we continue to navigate the complexities of the COVID-19 virus. Now, one burning question on the minds of many is whether these new variants come with a fresh set of symptoms. It's a legitimate concern given the ever-evolving nature of this virus. Now, today, we'll dive into the topic and the findings they just might surprise you. But first, here's some reassuring news. When it comes to EG.5, experts haven't reported an increase in disease severity. This variant doesn't seem to be causing more severe symptoms compared to its predecessors. But of course, there's more to the story. You know that. First off, it's important to note that the symptoms we've become familiar with during the pandemic, like cough, headache, muscle aches, runny nose, and fatigue, they're still very much the most commonly reported signs of COVID-19 infection. When we look at EG.5, despite its increased prevalence, there's a silver lining. As stated previously, experts haven't reported an uptick in disease severity linked to this strain. So what does that mean to us? It signifies that at least for now, EG.5 doesn't appear to be causing more severe symptoms when compared to its predecessors. This is undoubtedly reassuring news considering the challenges we've faced over the past year to year and a half with COVID-19. But, and there's always a but in the world of science, you should know that by now, there's more to consider. We're not just dealing with the virus itself. We're dealing with us, you, me, the people. And that's where immunity comes into play. Keep in mind that many of us have received vaccines while others have experienced COVID-19 firsthand. And some of us have actually experienced COVID-19 firsthand and received the vaccine. But um, this acquired immunity it can blur the lines when it comes to the symptom comparison between different variants. 
You know, our bodies have learned to combat the virus, and that can lead to variations in the way that the symptoms manifest themselves. In a nutshell, although the symptoms of COVID-19 variants seem to remain largely consistent with what we've seen in the past, factors like immunity can kind of introduce variations in reported symptoms. So what do we do? Let's discuss testing and detection and how well are our tests performing against these new variants. We can't forget about the critical role that testing plays in our battle against COVID-19. The question of are our tests equipped to detect these new variants accurately? That's the question that's been on everybody's mind. The good news is that for the most part, Our current COVID-19 tests are doing a commendable job and holding their own against the variants. They've been our trusted allies throughout the pandemic and now today, and they're still holding their ground. Now, when we look to health authorities, scientists and researchers, they've been closely monitoring the test performance to ensure that they remain effective. Next, let's talk about BA.2.86. While the number of BA.2.86 cases spotted around the world remains relatively small, there's a concern about the sheer number of mutations it possesses. This has prompted intensive investigation into whether it might pose challenges to our testing capabilities at this time. Now, this is not to scare anyone. It's just informing you of what's going on in the world of COVID. With symptoms and testing covered, We've set the stage for a deeper understanding of these new variants. Now we'll shift our focus into the world of vaccinations and delve into the FDA's recommendations. And what do these developments mean for our future? Let's talk about it. As we continue our journey, we will be exploring how we can stay proactive instead of reactive in this ever-evolving battle against COVID-19. I want to take us in the direction of vaccines, the FDA recommendations, and the outlook going forward. In this segment, we are addressing the questions everyone is asking and exploring the role of vaccines and boosters in this narrative. Now, you might be wondering, will the upcoming vaccine boosters be effective against these new variants? Even though I called it a booster, it seems that the COVID immunization is going more toward an annual shot like the flu shot instead of being a booster. As to the question I just asked about if it will be effective against the new variants, the answer is a cautiously optimistic yes. Experts are closely watching the development of these immunizations to ensure that they provide strong protection. When talking about the immunizations, both Moderna and Pfizer have been hard at work developing vaccines targeted specifically at variants like EG.5 and FL.1.5.1. These vaccines are expected to enhance our immune response against these variants and provide an added layer of defense, essentially. However, it's essential to mention that uncertainties remain, especially when it comes to the BA.2.86 variant. As previously stated, this variant carries a significant number of mutations, raising questions about the potential impact on vaccine effectiveness. So here's the bottom line. While we have reason to be hopeful about the effectiveness of the upcoming vaccine boosters against these variants, 
We must remain vigilant. The virus is continually evolving and scientists and researchers are working tirelessly to keep us on top and keep us one step ahead. Now let's dive into the critical recommendations made by the FDA's Vaccine and Related Biological Products Advisory Committee. That's a lot. It's also known as the VRBPAC. A couple of months ago, during their meeting on June the 15th, which was a pivotal meeting, the committee discussed and deliberated on the strains that should be included in updated COVID-19 vaccines in the United States, beginning somewhere around the fall of 2023 is what they were looking at. So you might be wondering, what were the recommendations that emerged from this meeting? Well, here's the scoop. The VRBPAC unanimously voted in favor of updating the vaccine composition to a monovalent COVID-19 vaccine. Now, you might be wondering what a monovalent vaccine means. In simple terms, it means a vaccine that targets a single strand or lineage of the virus. In this case, the committee recommended a monovalent COVID-19 vaccine with the XBB 1.5 composition. I know this is all science gobbledygook, but uh, stick with me. We're going to get through it. But the question is, why did they use XBB 1.5 and what's the significance of this particular lineage? Well, it's all about staying ahead of the virus, essentially. That committee, the VRBPAC, discussed the data and evidence presented during the meeting, and it led them to believe that the XBB 1.5 composition was the way to go. So additionally, the committee discussed the timeline for implementing these updates as well. They set their sights on the fall of 2023, which is right now, aiming to have these updated vaccines ready for use in the United States. That meeting took place in June. As of today, we are in September of 2023. As of September the 12th, 2023, the U.S. CDC, under the direction of Dr. Mandy Cohen, has approved the use of updated COVID-19 vaccines for a wide age range. They want to start at age six months and go up. This recommendation follows a 13 to 1 vote by a panel of advisors encompassing vaccines from Pfizer and BioNTech, as well as Moderna. Unlike some other countries, the CDC chose not to target specific high-risk populations opting for a universal recommendation. What's their goal? Well, the goal is to align these vaccines more closely with the currently circulating variant, similar to how we do the flu. It's similar to the approach of the flu. However, when we look across the pond to Europe, Europe has taken a different stance. In most European countries, guidance prioritizes people aged 60 and older, along with other vulnerable groups for shots. Now, when we look at Germany, Germany has been targeting these groups while the UK is offering shots to adults 65 and older and selected categories. The decision in the U.S. as articulated by the CDC panel members is to recommend the vaccine for everyone, emphasizing the importance on universal prevention through vaccines. In the ever-evolving battle against COVID-19, as I said, the key is staying informed. Moving forward, 
Let's talk about the implications of these recommendations and what they mean for our future. What factors are driving the current wave? So let's set the stage for this discussion. We've talked about the variants, the vaccines, the recommendations, but what about the here and now? Why are we seeing an uptick in cases? Well, the answer lies within human behavior, and it's something we can all relate to. First off, there's the scorching heat in the summertime driving more people indoors seeking refuge in AC or air-conditioned spaces. Unfortunately, this indoor congregation provides the virus with opportunities to spread. Then there's the allure of summer travel. After months of restrictions, people are venturing out and exploring new places and reuniting with loved ones. While this is undoubtedly a welcome change, it can also carry the virus to new victims. And let's not forget that school's back in. As many parts of our country reopen their doors to in-person learning, we're reminded that kids can bring more than just homework back from their classrooms. And let's not forget about the college students as well. You know, they like to congregate everywhere in the dorms, in the bar, in the classroom. So we have to think about those different situations. While the rise in cases is concerning, it's essential to understand that it's not solely because of the new variants. Instead, it's driven predominantly by the combination of factors, most notably our behaviors. But here's the silver lining. Compared to previous waves, we're starting from a lower baseline of infection and a significant portion of the population is already vaccinated or have developed some form of immunity through prior infections and, and or vaccination. And to shed light on this, according to Dr. Ann Hahn, and I quote, we are starting from a very low baseline in combination with high population immunity, which would speak against a big surge anytime soon. However, what these new variants will do during wintertime remains to be seen. So while there's reason for cautious optimism, it's crucial to remember that our behaviors play a significant role and how this story unfolds. Let's go on to future outlooks and concerns. How is our outlook and what are their concerns? As I peer into my crystal ball, first, let's address the big question. How severe could this current wave of infections become? According to experts, this wave is expected to be milder than previously seen due to the high levels of population immunity and the relatively low baseline infections. The expectation is that if cases rise, they might not be as severe as seen during the pandemic. However, we're not out of the woods yet. As we move into the fall and winter seasons, uncertainties linger. How will these new variants behave in the weather when it cools down? Will they continue to circulate at current levels or will they evolve further? It's a question that scientists and health authorities are closely monitoring. So here's the bottom line. While we can't predict the future with certainty, we can influence it. Our actions like getting vaccinated, 
practicing good hygiene and following public health guidelines play a crucial role in shaping what happens next. We've come to the end of our exploration into the world of COVID-19 variants. We've learned about EG.5, FL.1.5.1, and BA.2.86. We've also learned about their prevalence, their symptoms. We've talked about testing and vaccines and the recommendations from the FDA. We've also delved into the factors driving the current wave and looking ahead to the potential challenges of the fall and winter seasons that are coming. Uh, The battle against COVID-19 is far from over. Let me say that again. This battle against COVID-19 is far from over. But as we've seen, knowledge is power. Staying informed, taking precautions, and supporting the ongoing efforts of scientists and healthcare workers are all vital steps we can take in this ever-evolving fight. And there you have it, the conclusion of this episode of the new COVID-19 variants. So as we wrap this episode up, I want to encourage you to stay informed. The world of COVID-19 variants continues to evolve and staying up to date on the latest developments is crucial. If you enjoyed this podcast, I want to encourage you to like, follow and subscribe to this podcast. You can also visit our website at www.hwcblog.com for more resources on health and wellness. Remember, knowledge is power and together we can navigate these challenging times. Until next time, we out. (laughs) 